my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars of this piece of shit? Oh, are you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? To all who come to this happy place, welcome. I am West Coast Scott! How the hell did I get roped into this? Show me what you got. Scotty, beam me up. The force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. And here we go. So remember the name, now who you gonna call? Not the GB. Now who you gonna call? G-W-G. If you ever riff with people one of us, break out before you get bum rushed at the Wild Wild West. When I roll into the Wild Wild West. When I stroll into the Wild Wild West. When I bounce into the Wild Wild West. It's Good afternoon. Uh, we're one uh, one Kev short today. Yeah, I mean, the real talent is here, so that's the important part. You know, me and Scott are here, so the important thing is the talent, the beauty, and you know, the actual running of the show is here. And then you know, yes, we're short fifteen iPhones, and you know, a personality, but that's okay because we will make do. Uh, right before we started recording, as Scott saw, we both saw. Uh, the authorities came in and escorted Mr. Big Kev out to discuss something about the Pine Barrens or something. All I heard is, I want a lawyer, I want a lawyer, and I plead the fifth. So, I mean, right, that's what he's been trained to say anytime is just nothing. You don't say anything except, I want a lawyer. That's the only phrase that ever comes out of your mouth. Absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, if you want to see some of the behind the scenes shenanigans, uh, let's start with uh, the Patreon, right? For just. Uh, $1 a month, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash geekstufftng and you can join in on our Discord chat server uh, where you can chat with some members of the show, some more than others, uh, <laughs> and just have like a little private chat with uh, other listeners, other Discord uh, members, other supporters of the show on Patreon. For just $3 a month, you get the early bird special. We typically record on Mondays, so you'll get the episodes a couple days early, either Tuesday night or sometime on Wednesday. And then... For $5 a month, you get the bonus round. Sandwich, what happens in the bonus round? So the bonus round, you get the sandwich shop featuring your surely your lovely neighborhood sandwich. Uh, where, you know, right now I'm going through the education of Young Sandwich, going over a couple of things I might have missed in the fact that I wasn't born. The miseducation of Sandwich. The miseducation of Sandwich. And then Geek Stuff BC and or Big Kev's Geek Stuff. Uh, some vintage episodes of that about twice a month, which is just quality content because, you know, 
I always like it's like a little time capsule for me of like what geek culture used to be, you know, literally almost two decades ago at this point. Yeah, I was just listening to the very first episode of uh, Big Kev's Geek Stuff and uh, Kev and Matt were talking about the V for Vendetta weekend box office. So V for Vendetta had just opened up. So that gives you an idea of when that first episode was recorded. Um, And man, you know, they really cranked through the, the material. It was just an hour long. They had commercials and spots and music beds and it was, it was fantastic. But uh, you know, we've gotten a little, Kev said that they've gotten a little longer winded since then. Um, So, so without Kev here, you know, we can probably crank through all the news in an hour. Easy. Oh Yeah. No, this is going to be the speed round, guys. Speed round. And so that's for $5 a month at the bonus round. And then for $10 a month, you can participate in this right here, the Instagram Live. We uh, appreciate our Instagram Live uh, viewers. And uh, so if you want to support the show at that $10 level over on Patreon.com slash GeekStuffTNG, we very much appreciate it. You also uh, hopefully follow the show on the social medias, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams, uh, all of those places. It is GeekStuffTNG. And then you can also call the uh, GVM line. 201-730-2547. Or you can send us an email. At geeksftng at gmail.com. Right. So we would love to hear from you. You could be a part of the show. You call and leave a voicemail. And you may hear yourself on a future episode of Geek Stuff TNG. So let's, uh, let's jump into the news. I think last week the top story was that... Black Widow kind of broke all the records uh, from the pandemic and everybody rushed back to the theaters to see uh, this movie. And so this week, the uh, top story is Black Widow had the biggest drop-off in uh, ticket sales from a Marvel movie from week one to week two ever. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're still in the back end of a pandemic. So I feel like the immediate rush makes sense because everyone wants to see the movie. And then if if you're not going to see the movie... People aren't going to see it, or they're going to get on Disney Plus, which is definitely going to start eating into Marvel movie revenues. Now, I don't know if Black Widow is a sign of the future or just a sign of the state of the world with the pandemic, but you know, thirty million went at the time at last week at the time of recording last week went to Disney Plus. So I mean, we don't know what that I don't know what the total is now offhand, but that's definitely going to be eating into the revenue they would have gotten at the box office. Yeah, because, I think you know. It's going to be interesting to see if, because there was so much pent-up demand for Black Widow, it was supposed to open over a year ago, right? So oh, yeah. with Shang-Chi, that one's kind of on the normal schedule. That doesn't feel delayed. It doesn't feel like we've been waiting for that for an extra year like Black Widow. So, you know, what will the box office be for that? What will be the streaming for that? Are people going to be more willing to wait for Shang-Chi to, after the, you know, the period of Disney premiere because they got a little bit of Marvel movie fixed with Black Widow, or, you know, how's it going to be? And, of course, the, the theaters are a little upset because they, it's, they're the ones that are going to feel the bite of D- Disney premiere access, right? Disney's getting money either way. Whether you go see it in the theater or you, go, or you watch it on Disney+, Plus, they're still getting their cut, but it's the theaters they're getting kind of aced out. The mouse rules all. The mouse will always win. And if there's a way for the mouse to make money, he will make his money. Yeah, very, very true. And of course, it's interesting that you say you talk about the mouse because the uh, movie that knocked uh, Black Widow out of the place was Space Jam. So the uh, Warner Brothers, yeah. the Looney Tunes, right? The polar—I don't know if they're—are they the opposite of the mouse? Or, I mean, if you watch Roger Rabbit, they all existed in the same universe briefly yes. together. But uh, you know, I was—I was, I was going to ask you. How, now you've seen Space Jam. How do you feel about the original Space Jam? 
Um, it's it's not a good movie. It's a fun <laughs> movie. So does that mean it's a bad movie? No, but you're not watching it for you know the Oscar winning performance of Michael Jordan. You're not watching it for like you know Bugs Bunny to have like a rousing speech that everyone remembers. It's a fun movie. It has basketball. It has Looney Tunes, and you know there's there's gags. Uh, I'll say this at least for my generation. Uh, Lola Bunny was a big reason to watch that movie back in the day uh, because you know this is back when I guess cartoons were a little more. Um, What's the word for it? Sexy? Well, it, it was in that Jessica Rabbit-esque thing where, you know, right? Uh, I, you know, sexy cartoon things. Yeah, and, and so Lola's played by Zendaya in the, in the new Space Jam, but uh, I heard yes. that that was a bit of controversy was that, that she wasn't, I mean, they, they toned it down, right? They toned down the sex appeal yes. of Lola Bunny. They made her look a lot more, you know, realistic. <laughs> right. Know. More, more bunny-ish, you mean? And, and less... Uh... I guess. I, I don't know. It, it was just definitely way less sexualized. Right, which right. Which was a definite thing. And you could definitely tell they were going for that in the first one. With so, some of the scenes, if you will. Nothing uh, too lewd, because, you know, it's a, it's a kid's movie still, yeah. kind of. I mean, but, but doesn't, doesn't every kid have kind of a cartoon crush? Although although my cartoon yeah. crush was, was uh, Firestar, like, from Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. So at least she was... A human. She oh, wasn't yeah, like that an makes animal. sense, though. Like I didn't grow up to be a furry. Well, she's a ginger, so I mean, everyone loves gingers. True, true. Um, so yeah, so so Space Jam. We were talking about, uh, you know, the the Looney Tunes characters. I mean, it, it's I think it's tough for them to. They're, they're just not top of mind like the Disney characters are, right? You know, they yeah. don't have they don't have the presence that Mickey and you know the Fab Five seem to have in the pop culture. You know, they kind of. They come and go, but they really like they kind of peaked maybe with all those Looney Tunes cartoons from the you know the forties and fifties and they kept replaying those through the seventies, but I think by the eighties and certainly the nineties, they were they were past their prime and they haven't had any new content that has the same impact that the original ones do, and they haven't continued to crank out material like you know, because there's still gonna be a Mickey Mouse movie every so often, you know, a Christmas movie or this and that with the actual yeah you know, Fab Five Disney characters, and Looney Tunes just doesn't seem to have that. I think, you know, the issue with Looney Tunes, which is, I don't say it's an issue, but, like, the old ones were so iconic. Like, I used to wake up before school, and when I had time for the bus to watch Looney Tunes at, like, 6 in the morning, as, like, a kid in high school, I had time to watch Looney Tunes before I would go catch the bus. But, you know, nowadays, you know, it's so hard to compete you really should. They really shouldn't be competing with the mouse, but people are going to compare them to the mouse, mm-hmm. you know, and all the Mickey, because you know that's what they, that's who they were fighting with. That was the that was Coke and Pepsi back in the day, but right. now it's like, it's like Coke, and I don't even know what what Looney Tunes is, but you know, it's so just, it's not in the mind of younger kids, which is a real shame. You know, I feel like when people think of Looney Tunes, they attach them to like, an older generation, but it's really not. It's a timeless product. You know, anyone can enjoy the. Everyone should enjoy the Looney Tunes. You know, I know for a fact my little brother. I don't think he's ever seen a Looney Tune cartoon, and that's my fault as an older brother for not showing him that. I will take the blame for that. But you know, he's seen I don't know how many fifty different Disney movies. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and and but you're right. There's just not the product out there to keep it in the minds of the younger kids. And honestly, it if you the original Looney Tunes from the, that were played before movies in the 40s and 50s right before the newsreel i mean those were very much more adult oriented i mean you know there's some 
there's some jokes that, but the kids aren't going to get those jokes. But there's also, you, you know, uh, sexism and to, and racism and tobacco use and and oh, firearms yeah. and just things that are absolutely unacceptable today. That that if you go and watch those original Looney Tunes, you're just kind of like, oh my god. But it wasn't made for kids. It no. became children's programming. But those were put in front of movies, and kids weren't going to movies back then. Yeah. So I mean, it is just it, it it became a Saturday morning cartoon, but it it was not originally for kids. I think Looney Tunes really start. Not that it went downhill, but I think people were a little upset with Looney Tunes when they took away Elmer Fudd's gun. Right. I know there was a lot of hoopla about that. Oh, I mean, back you know, it, it, and, as mean, in last year, I think. I, and rightly so. You don't want kids watching gun violence, certainly not in their cartoons, but Elmer Fudd is a hunter. He's hunting the rabbit. The rabbit season, duck season gag is timeless. Wabbits. Yeah, you know, he's hunting rabbits. And you can't, you just, it's it just. But you have to let some things go because the connotations that go along with it are they weren't appropriate then for kids and they're not appropriate now. And I mean, you know, same thing with with Pepe Le Pew. I mean, you cannot deny that you know he's sexually assaulting that cat, right? I mean, you know. Oh yeah, and, and no. no he's you, you can up. you can try to say, oh well, it was a different time, but it wasn't. It was unwanted sexual advances on a person, but oh, it was done in a funny way because it's a cat and a and a and a skunk he's just a skunk it's right. okay what's a little yeah no so i think it's totally <laughs> that appropriate was to that say, was the fucked up part <laughs> yeah we don't we don't need that character anymore it's it was you know in it even in its time it wasn't good but we weren't evolved as a society enough to realize the issues with that and so you know i don't have a problem with you know letting those kind of things go but you know that that you kind of have to do so at uh six flags great adventure which is the one down the shore from me it's like an hour they have the Looney Tunes there, you know, just teenagers in, in mascot costumes walking around. It's like, oh, take a picture with Bugs Bunny. Take a picture with Tweety Bird. But, like, beyond that, I honestly can't think of any impactful, uh, you know, showing of the Looney Tunes anywhere. No. So, first of all, I want to correct you. Those are actually the characters. Kids listen to the show, man. You got you to gotta say that. Oh, it's okay. Actually, yeah, no, you, sorry. You know, the, Bugs. The and, and, really tall. Yeah, and, and Mickey and Minnie, those are, they're, they're there and you get to meet them. Now, sometimes you know people who are, you know, friends with Mickey Mouse or friends with the Little Mermaid or Aladdin. And that's different. But, you know, you actually get to talk to the characters. So, remember that, uh, you know, one of these days when you have kids, okay. you'll, you'll know that, Tom. Um, yes, yes. But yeah, I, I think, I think you know, so out here, we've got the Six Flags uh, Magic Mountain right over in Valencia. Yeah, and it's, it's the Looney Tunes characters. But you don't, you said the people that are going to like a Six Flags park, it's more of a thrill ride park. It's more like teenagers oh, yeah. and up going for the really big rides. Like there's not as many oh, yeah. kids as go to, to Disney, I, th- I think. And, and it just, and not having a, the product like in the cartoons that are on the air as much. I think is a big reason why the Looney Tunes are just kind of falling out of the minds of the younger kids, right? Oh yeah, like absolutely. Like out here at Six Flags, like we have King Dakar, which was at one point like the fastest, tallest roller coaster in the world. You know, kids are going to go do that. They weren't going to see like, oh, let's go take a picture. I think there's like a Toon World somewhere. I think or like the 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 open the front of the park where you walk in is very much like Looney Tunesy. But after that, that's all like out the window and kind of like irrelevant. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny, you know, as as a Disney family, I guess you you would say. And again, I, I feel like growing up, I was much more of a Looney Tunes person. I liked the the Looney Tunes more than Disney. Um, but now that I've started going to Disneyland so much, it's kind of changing. Um, 
but yeah, you know, when you go to Disney and you ride Disney rides, and then you go to the other parks and you realize that you know Disney rides are themed rides, not thrill rides, right? I mean, you know, right. they have a couple of fast-ish roller coasters, but you know, the fastest Disney roller coaster doesn't compare to the average, you know, Six no. Flags or you know these you know Cedar Point, these other like you know major thrill rides that are super fast. And you ride those, and you're like, oh wow, that's a, that's a thrill ride. That's not a oh, yeah. you know Mr. Toad's Wild ride. <laughs> um, so Big I th- Thunder Mountain's scary. I mean, yeah, but that's about as fast as it gets, right? I mean, Thunder oh, Mountain's yeah. a fun ride, but I mean, you know, you compare that to, you know, like what what's the big major thrill ride that you just mentioned? Uh, King Ka. It goes two hundred and ten miles per hour, and it's over in thirty seconds. They slingshot you, <laughs> they pull you back. You have just enough time for one prayer, right? And then they send you. Yeah, so I mean, again, that, it's a different experience than what you get. At Disney, right? You know, you're not. Oh, yeah. You know, even the the most crazy fun uh, ride at Disneyland isn't a thrill ride. So speaking of thrill rides, I, I think you saw the, the the news that I sent you over the weekend. Yeah. Um, my family and I, because Disney doesn't have annual passes right now, we um, we went to Knott's Berry Farm, which uh, does have annual passes, and and you know things are opening back up for the parks, and uh, Knott's Berry Farm has had a rough couple of weeks. Uh, it's it's a smaller yeah. theme park. It's one of the I think it's the first quote unquote theme park because uh, they've been doing what they do since you know for a hundred. This is their hundred year anniversary. So Disney just oh, wow. had their sixty sixth birthday I think it was. So uh-huh. Knott's Berry Farm has been a theme park for a long time. Started out with kind of a ghost town and and it built to its way up to what it is today. Uh, anyway, on Saturday while we were there, they have uh, one of those one of the rides a drop ride. Right, it pulls you up and then just drops you straight down. Uh, it's, it's my called, absolute nightmare. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I, I love those rides. It's called the Supreme no. Scream out at uh, Knott's. Well, some civilian decided to climb it, scaled it, like, you know, ev- evaded security long enough to get up there. And essentially, uh, when everybody noticed that there was some dude up at the top of Supreme Scream, 300 feet in the air, uh, Knott's basically said, all right, clear out. They didn't close the park, but they shut down all the rides and cleared out the whole area around him. So like my thing is, how the hell does someone get all the way up that ride? I like. At what point does he be? Does he is he seen? Like, at what point are they saying, "Hey, is, is that a guy?" <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what was happening, right? I mean, we're walking around the park, heading heading over to ride, uh, you know, the log ride, and we start to notice people kind of looking up, and then more people are looking up, and it's like, well, it's still daylight. They're not ready to do fireworks yet, you know, because they have a they have a big uh, Knott's Berry Farm K that they light up and do fireworks at, at night, and it's a big deal. But it's like it's too early for that, and then all of a sudden you see, oh, there's a, there's a guy up at the top, and he's like, he's just kind of dancing around, and I mean, it's like, oh, wow, and um, you, you know, so they they didn't close down the park, but they as they evacuated that area, you know, like we just decided that it was it was best to leave, and you know, I, I don't know. I would assume that once he starts climbing up, even if security was right there, a security guard's not going to climb up after him, right? That's too dangerous, no. right? And, and you know, but they don't know. Does he have a weapon of some kind? Is he going to jump off? Like you don't. So that's why they cleared the area. And what, oh, what's Snoopy's name when he's in a in an airplane? Is it the <laughs> the or, Red Baron? Or he fights the Red Baron? I think he's just known as uh, the Flying Ace. So are they going to send the flying ace up there to handle the situation? Or, yeah, you know, maybe. I, I mean, so so essentially, the long story short, he came down a couple hours later. He climbed down on his own. But it's like you know, they had the the police helicopter there, and they closed down the streets around it, and they evacuated that section of the park. And so you know, Knott's is kind of having a rough couple of weeks because just two weeks ago, 
right out front, you know, the front of the park is kind of on a main street, and there was kind of a drive-by shooting. And I think somebody yeah. was injured, but nobody was killed. Not that it's not a big deal, but, you know, it, it, I think that, but it set off kind of a active shooter panic within the park, even though it was contained, it was outside of the park, it was a single event, but I heard that it was pandemonium was pretty scary so oh, not just having a rough a rough couple of weeks um so i was going to say we'll, we'll pull all the theme park news into the first segment here while we're talking about it because i want to say some good things about knots uh you know essentially the theme parks are getting quote unquote back to normal like all of the uh, the attractions are coming back so you know knots has their big their giant steam train running again they have uh the stagecoach is running again their food is fantastic um but like I said, they've had a couple of couple of issues lately. Yeah. It's a little small hiccups. Small yeah. hiccups. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about uh, some other, you know, it looks like the parades are coming back. Like SeaWorld Orlando, Sesame Street uh, parade has returned. So again, the attractions are are coming back. And before we get to Disney, we have a a, a voicemail from uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's a correction on something that I said about that first day of uh, the no mask mandate. Although we might be going back to mask mandates in Southern California, um, but let's uh, let's check out a voicemail. Hi, just wanted to um, point out a mistake that Scott made on the last episode where he said Disneyland's um, line to get in on June fifteenth was really long because that was the only reason people um, were staying away is because of no mask or because yeah because of mask. Um, the truth of the matter is people thought that because of the no mask that Disneyland was also not requiring reservations. So half of the people that showed up were actually turned away because they didn't have reservations because they just thought that Disneyland was done with the reservation system. So, yeah. Oh, this is Brittany Scott's wife. Bye. So apparently I uh, blew it on that one. I didn't realize that that all those people got turned away, but you're right. She was right. The reservations were still going on. And so um, I think still the theme parks are requiring those reservations. Mm -hmm. And again, with the cases going back up, that'll probably stick around for a little while longer. How long are the reservations? Is it like a, like a three, four hour block or is it like, it's just, I'm going to go on this day, right? So that way they can control how many people are able to go. So you just can't like walk in. You can't just decide, Hey, we're going to go to the park today and go. You have to let them know in advance, you know, you, you reserve Mm -hmm. your, your spot in, in the park. I know Knott's is still doing it. I'm, I'm assuming Disney is still doing it. So um, with that, I want to go on with some other Disney news. Just, uh, you know, and thank you for the correction, Brittany. We appreciate it. Um, so it looks like over in uh, Disneyland Paris, they are starting to swap out the Fast Pass for uh, like Premier Access, which is weird because that seems like that's the same name that they call Premier Access on Disney Plus. Yes. Um, but basically, it's it's going to be, you're going you're gonna to pay for Fast Pass, eventually, essentially, right? If you want to ride mm-hmm. the ride and, and skip the line, you just have to pay for it. And it's very controversial because some people would say if they just got rid of Fast Pass and just made everybody stand in the same line, that the lines would go a lot faster. But what's making the lines go slow now is that so many fast they have so many Fast Pass people just kind of cutting in the line. It makes the regular standby line so long. So I, mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know how I feel about that because I mean I like having a Fast Pass. Especially oh, yeah. like at Florida, right? You know, you, you, you put it all on your on your easy band and you know, you kinda of schedule your day because you can schedule your fast passes, right? At Disneyland mm-hmm. you can just have one at a time. So you gotta wait until you know, so like you say, All right, I'm gonna be riding uh, you know, Space Mountain at noon and so then you go ride other rides and then you 
kind of walk on to Space Mountain at noon, and then as soon as 12 o'clock rolls around, you can get a fast pass for something else, right? Yeah. But, like, the main rides, like, um, you know, like a, like a like a Space Mountain or whatever, the fast passes very quickly will be, oh, the next one's not available until, you know, 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night. So, you know, you yeah. just have to do standby. So, again, I, I, just, I think it's controversial. I don't think people are... I think people are split onto whether they like the idea or don't like the idea, and but I don't think anybody likes the idea of well, I got to pay more to skip the line, or people that are willing to pay more are just going to walk in front of me on the line, right? That kind of stinks. Exactly. So I mean, at least I, I've been to both Disneyland and World at this point a couple times, um, and I know for a fact, at least Disney World, which I've, I've had more experience with, there's times like the Peter Pan ride, for example, where it's a two-hour wait you know, to get on the ride. And even in, like, November, it's not like it's, like, really, like, not hot out. You know, it's still, like, <laughs> right. 70, 75. So you're standing in that heat for, you know, two hours waiting to get on the Peter Pan ride. And it's a fun ride, but it's not a two-hour wait ride. And then the Fast Pass ride, you know, you get mad at the Fast Pass people because they're, like, walking onto the ride, basically. Yeah, it, it, again, I, I can see I can see the comment against Fast Pass is that maybe they give out too many fast passes right mm-hmm. and you know and so again I, I wonder what it would be if they just kind of went it's a normal line you, you know there is no nobody skips the line it just it is what it is if that mm-hmm. if that would be better or worse because i mean disney they're really they're all about crowd management right you need mm-hmm. to have a bunch of stuff for people to do yeah and you know so like even like during the pandemic when things are when not everything is open then there's fewer things for people to do, so the lines are going to feel longer because normally those people, some people would be waiting for a parade, some people would be eating in this restaurant, but you can't eat in the restaurant anymore. So, uh, you know, so I, I just think that line management is going to continue to be an I issue. I remember, right before, uh, like in November 2019, when I'd gone to Disneyland, we went on the ride of the Rise of the Resistance ride or whatever the hell it is, or the. No, it's the Falcon ride, the drive the Falcon ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget Smugglers run. And there were no fast passes at that time for that ride. They right. weren't letting them on. I think when we had our first meeting on that faded day. When you were so there, did ago. you pick up anything for Kev? Did you check with Kev before you came out to Disney to see if he if there was anything he you, he wanted you to pick up or anything? No, and because he's not here, I'll say right now, and I don't feel guilty about it anymore. All right? I didn't go on my vacation to shop for Kev. I went on my vacation to get away. <laughs> All right. That's fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Don't worry. <laughs> All the Disneyland stuff that he needs, I get, and it's downstairs in uh, the Geek in Stuff the West Archives. Coast West. Archives. Yeah, West Coast Archives. It's all downstairs. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, but like with Rise of the Resistance, right, they have that virtual queue. And, and I almost feel like the next, I guess, here's the problem. If everything was a virtual queue, meaning that yeah. it's almost like, you know, you go to a restaurant and they give you the little, the little beeper and you can go do whatever you want. And then it buzzes when it's time for you to go back and, and, and get your table, right? Yes. If all the lines for all the queues were like that, then where would people be in between, right? There has to be some rides that have a virtual queue and some rides that have a standard standby. Because if yes. all of them were virtual, everybody would just be waiting for, on their phones. But then what are they doing while they're waiting? They're just dicking around the park, filling up space. And there's not enough oh, yeah. space unless some people are standing in lines, right? Or they're on a line for another ride because they think they have time. And then their buzzer goes off. And then they have to get out of the line. Well, they do give you... Getting on the ride. They or, give you, know, you about like, an hour when you're... You know, you've got kind of a window when uh-huh. when when it, when it your queue. So, I mean, you could... If, if you were in standby for a regular... Another ride, you could probably finish that ride and then go. Unless you're, like, on the just ass end other end of the park, right? Yeah. So, so I don't know. I think that some combination of most popular rides get 
virtual queue, like I, maybe you go away from fast pass and standby, there's going to be maybe three things. There'll be the people that pay to get to the front of the line. There'll be a virtual queue and a standby line. Uh, you know, but I think that, and they'll have to cap the virtual queue because otherwise everybody would just do virtual queue for every thing. Yeah. Or maybe you can only have, well, you certainly can only have one virtual queue at a time, right? You can't be in more than one line at once, that kind of thing. So anyway, that was, I think, I think the theme park news were, were, was something I wanted to, I've been wanting to talk about for a little while and play that voicemail from Brittany, correcting my egregious error about. Uh, so, so just can't believe we did that on the show. We let it go. Yeah, that's all right. Well, it's a good thing we got Brittany to, to, to yes. catch us on stuff like that. Um, let's move on to some uh, some production news. Have you heard about Zack Snyder's new movie? No. It's going to be called Rebel Moon. Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. I'm unfamiliar. Is that like a, a, a Zack Snyder-made product, or is that something else that he's just adapting? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's a, if it's an original uh, original or, or where it's coming from. I just know that. Um, I mean, my question would be: is is the name Zack Snyder's whatever kind of tainted? Like, do you have like I think that you have an opinion, good or bad, when yeah. it's a Zack Snyder picture now, right? Absolutely. No, there, there's this the Snyder cut even before it came out had such like a like a polarizing taste in people's mouth before even before for years after the justice league like oh the snyder cut the snyder the, the justice league came out in like 2017 so literally i think the snyder came out this year 2021 right yeah for four years people have been saying oh the snyder cut oh the snyder cut the snyder cut the snyder cut and you know snyder 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 and now it came out and we're past it but you know, just saying like anything Zack Snyder, you're getting these connotations of like, oh, wait, it's Zack Snyder. Oh, it's going to be this. Oh, it's going to be that. And then you can't help it. But I think people's opinion of Justice League and how they felt about that movie is how they feel about any of his movies going forward. Either you yeah. love the Snyder cut or you just don't like it at all. There is no in between. I feel like there's not a casual like I thought it was OK version of a, of a Snyder you, Enjoyer, you, you I got put. I mean, it. It, before the four years of hype, you could have been, yeah. oh yeah, like there's going to be there's the people that love Snyder, there's the people that hate Snyder, but then the people in the middle, oh yeah, it's okay. But with four years of Snyder cut, Snyder cut, Snyder cut, you got pushed one way or the other, and I feel like yeah. the more casual people got pushed into the, I'm just so sick of it, I don't care, right? I don't want to yeah. hear anything more. So like, like I said, I don't know if, I don't know if this movie will be helped or hurt by the the Snyder cut hype. I would say probably hurt. Because there's probably more people. The people that liked him already liked him either way. He could do no wrong. But the yeah. people that were would have been more casual would have been like, oh, yeah, you know, I liked this movie or Snyder. It was okay. You know, might have gone out to see it. But I'll be interested to see as as, uh, as it comes out. So, again, it is called Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. So I think Zack Snyder should get, like, a stage name but not tell anyone so he could do movies going forward. Like, like I, I don't know what it could be, but if he had, like, another name – and just still was Zack Snyder to put out movies, I think he'd almost do better because that way people wouldn't attach the name to it. I mean, his visual style is good. His stuff looks oh, good, yeah. right? I mean, you know, I did can't, he, did I can't he do deny 300? that. Um, I don't remember if he was 300. He was Sucker Punch, though, right? And he Sucker was Punch sucker was a punch. piece of shit. But it looks good. It looks it good. Looks great. But the movie's terrible, right? And and then, yeah, I no, mean, absolutely. And, and I, I mean, and I thought Watchmen 
was a very good adaptation and it looked great and I really liked Watchmen. Uh, you yes. know, but then then it, but what it felt like was you you took the Justice League and put them into the Watchmen universe and it's like, well no, I want I want my I want the bright blue Superman, not the dark brooding Superman, right? Yeah. Oh, he did do 300. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I mean so he's got a look and a style and it's good. Uh, although 300 was more that 100% green screen like um I did. It was like a good movie, though. I like, did like that movie. A lot. So, three hundred. What was the other movie that was like a comic book movie that was all green screen, like nobody's in a real environment at all? Uh, uh, there's the, the second three hundred movie. Yeah. No, but this one is the one that had. Um, oh shoot! He's it was, done with Dawn the, of the Dead. The Yellow Man. No, this wasn't the Zack Snyder one. I'm just trying to think of the other. Uh, oh, Sin City. Sin City. Yeah, hundred percent green screen. Right. Like, there's no. Yeah. You know, nobody's in any real environment. It's phenomenal movie, it, though. It's a good movie, but like, I felt like three hundred didn't work as well in the 100% uh, green screen environment like Sin City did. That, that's all. You know, just uh-huh. too, too much of the of the, the fake environment for me. Yeah. Um, so let, let me do a couple of quick casting. Uh, well, did you see did you see the uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie with uh, Michelle Rodriguez in, in her costume? Like they're releasing some some set, some I set photos I for that. I think I had seen the picture, but it was so just not doing anything for me. I've already deleted it from my mind. Yeah, I, I think like what you said was I think this is where where Kev stands on it too. This is where yeah. I stand. Uh, that all all fantasy movies like Lord of the Rings, that's a D and D movie, right? It's it's the yes. campaign that matters, and to call it a D and D movie doesn't matter. You need yes. like if this was the Curse of Strahd campaign with some characters, that's a D and D movie. But to, yes. just to say, oh, this is a world where there's monsters and magic and rogues and fighters and, and all that, that that's not D and D and D is a game. Right. Yeah. And so no, there's, there's nothing tying this to being actual D and D. Right. This could be any, you could call this fucking the playing cards of fantasy. What literally whatever you want to call it. And it could be a fantasy movie and it'd be fine. And I wouldn't have a problem with it. I'd, I'd catch it maybe on HBO max or something, you know? Right. But, so the only way to make it, it, yeah, the only way to make it a D and D movie is if you show the players at the beginning and at the end, right? Or you know, so honestly, I read a book. I read a book yes. uh, that was called NPCs, uh-huh. and essentially, it starts out at the D and D table, yes. and then it goes, and then the characters at the, at at the game they ate poison and they died accidentally, like right at the beginning, yeah. and then that's chapter one. Like, the game ends and, like, all the players are pissed. And then Chapter 2, it goes into the tavern that they were in when they uh, died from the poison. And then it picks up with the NPCs in the tavern. And then the whole rest of the story is is a, a nice story. But it's about yeah. what would have been the non-player characters in that Dungeons & Dragons game that they were playing. <laughs> and it, it was... And then it, and it works really well. And, and, and I mean, I, I enjoyed it. But it's like, again, that's a D&D novel. Yeah. You know, it didn't, it didn't use the word Dungeons and Dragons because it wasn't like officially licensed, but it was it was well done. And I think that's if you want to call a movie D and D, unless you're using like the well known, like uh, IP, right? Now it's a it's a Waterdeep movie, yeah. it's a Strahd movie, it's a you know whatever yeah. it is, kind of a, a Forgotten Realms or Dragonlance or whatever it may be. Also, if they had done like, I'm gonna butcher the name, but Drist. If they had done like a Drist movie, you know, you could say that's a D and D movie. Or yeah. if you had used any of the other characters that were in the novels, the official D and D novels, yes, great, you made a D and D movie. 
but we're not doing that. We're, there's no attachment to D and D. I mean, they might. I have a feeling they might do something where it's like, you know, oh, we got to go to Waterdeep to do something, and then they'll have like a flash of like Waterdeep, and then like a, <laughs> a sprawling city, and it's like this is our D and D connection, guys. Look, we did it. You know. Yeah. But... <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like I said, if if it takes place in well-known Dungeons and Dragons landscapes then that's at least better. But again, you don't need to call it D&D if you called it the Waterdeep Adventure or whatever, yes. you know. Or really, I mean, if they if they produced movies that were based on the actual campaign books that they've been putting out for 5e, yeah. like, I feel like that's just as good as trying to create original characters and calling it a D&D movie, right? Absolutely. So If it, I got an uninitiated person, like I got someone not into this kind of pop culture at all, and I showed them... You know the 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 whatever the thing for D and D is the D and D movie, but didn't have any of the, like the logos or any of that stuff. I said, "Is this Lord of the Rings?" They'd probably say yes, right? So you just wouldn't know any better. Yeah, and 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 but I mean, yeah, Lord of the Rings is a classic D and D adventure, right? You gather a party together, they all have different skills, and then you go to perform some quest, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's the essence of D and D, and it doesn't. Yeah, so we'll, it I'll be interested to see what the movie looks like. Um, I mean, I didn't. I've never even seen the one that they made, kind of in the '90s. I think it was with Marlon Wayans, was yeah, the, was no, the Rogue or whatever. I've never I even had seen to be it. told about that. Yeah. So I will I mean, not be watching that for the sandwich shop. Again, <laughs> but like even with the cartoon, right from the '80s, right? That was yeah. we took ordinary people out of this world and we pulled them into the Dungeons and Dragons universe. So then you've got your frame of reference to call it D and D, right? Because they were yeah. in the game. And that that's the other way to do it, right? Is if you if you if you pull the premise of the cartoon and make a movie, that I'd be down for, right? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be against that. Yeah. So uh, let's let's jump on to some streaming news. I'm going to jump to HBO Max uh, for just a moment. I know we had said last time that uh, Titans season three is getting ready to come out in August. I finished mm-hmm. season two. It, it's it's up and down. I mean, I like most of the characters, but I what I've noticed with Titans is because there's a lot of characters, they'll tend to kind of put one storyline on hold and then devote like a whole episode to what somebody else is doing that's not really yes. driving the plot of of plot A and you're gone yeah. on B plot. I wish they would almost kind of have more A and B plot in the same episode instead of entire episodes to the different plot. That's kind of my only criticism of it. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with, with the characters and the costumes. and I think everything looks good. I mean, I like that aspect of it. Yeah. Have, have you watched uh, one and two season? I, seen, I had seen season one. Um, I thought it was all right. I wasn't like blown away by it. But I thought it was fine. I had intentions to see season two. I never got around to it. I'll be honest. Yeah. And then you know I lost. I, I don't say I lost interest, but I mean I guess I really did because I just I didn't lose faith. But the DC TV shows, which at one point I really enjoyed, like you know all the Arrow stuff, everything they put out on the DC Universe streaming service when they still had it, I enjoyed them. But after a while, I just I really just lost faith and lost interest in them. Like, I really did. Like, it's funny. What you were saying about how you want, like, an A-plot, B-plot, like, thing for the TV shows. I think about Arrow, when they did, like, six seasons, and half of the episode would be, like, you know, what's happening in the episode. Then the other half would be flashbacks. Yeah. And I tried to, when when Arrow was still relatively new, like, maybe it was in, like, its second season, um, yeah. I, I decided to try to, to binge watch it to kind of catch up. And yeah, that that constant flashback got old, and, and I didn't, I just couldn't keep me interested. And I, I gave up on Arrow 
I don't think I even finished season one. And then, you know, and then as the Arrowverse comes about, you know, then, oh, it's Flash and it's, you know, and then uh, Supergirl on CW. It's like all these, as they come together, I feel like, I feel like I'm missing out on DC characters and I like the DC universe. Although, you know, honestly, Batman's my favorite DC character and he's not involved in these. So it's like, uh, you know, like when, when Bat, uh, Batwoman came out, I thought, oh, maybe I want to try to try to pick that one up. But it's about the time investment for watching the show you know yeah and then uh and then gotham i mean i tried to watch gotham and i just didn't care for it i tried i i slogged through like <laughs> three to four seasons of gotham just trying to find something that i would like just because i i wanted to like it because my friend loved that show yeah he loved that show he's saying so such good praise about the show so i'm like all right He's not a. He knows what he's talking about, my friend. He knows his stuff. So something has to be good here. There has to be some silver lining. So I kept digging and digging and digging, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I can't. There's, there, there's nothing here. I've, I, I, I've done my, my shifting of gold in the river. There is no gold in this river. I'm going home. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, it, it is yeah. what it is. But so, so now that I have HBO Max, I'm trying to, you know, pick up the DC stuff over there. So. You know, I'm watching Titans. I, I and I loved Doom Patrol. I am looking forward to season three of Doom Patrol. I thought Doom Patrol was very good. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then I'm going to watch the the Harley Quinn uh, animated one. Uh, you know, next. That's like after I get yes. done with um, with Titans uh, season three, I'll probably move on to Harley Quinn. Um, while we're on HBO Max, uh, The Last of Us is going to have ten episodes in its uh, first season. So that's based okay. on the the video game The Last of Us. You ever played yes. the game? So. I've I haven't played the game, but I'm very aware of the story from the first and second one. The second one, I don't know, I forget how much we covered on this show. Extremely controversial, extremely controversial, very polarizing. The first game was splendid. One of my favorite games that I, one of the games I wish I could play. I don't have a PlayStation. That's a problem. But it was a phenomenal game and a wonderful story. And, you know, the way that video games are nowadays, it's like a movie. And right. you, know, you get really invested. Over the course of this game, you get so invested in these characters. It's crazy. And the second one just destroyed all that. So I'm very cautious to see where we go with this TV show. You know, what do we do? Are we connecting them to, you know, Joel and Ellie, who are the main two characters from the first game and kind of the second game? I don't want to spoil anything too much, yeah. because, even though it's an old game, old game. At this point, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but, you know, I, I I wonder what we're doing with this. Are we just putting it in The Last of Us or is it like an actual continuation of the story somewhere? Right. Because once again, this could just be a zombie TV show. This could just be any other apocalypse where there's zombies. Yeah. Why I mean, is this Last of Us the show? Right. And I would you assume know? it's going to be the story of those two characters. At least season season one is probably at least the first game and maybe maybe season two is where it's going to fall apart into when it gets into the second game we'll see um, that game was so i don't i want to if i if i'm allowed to go on a brief tangent yeah go ahead that game had so much hype going into it and when i tell you first the, the script had leaked basically or uh -huh. something like that so we had learned about the story so they're like there's no way this is going to happen and then it happened and it was just like Everything good about that game, the first game, was destroyed by the second game within the first five minutes. It's just horrible. Wow. Yeah, that's that's too bad. Well, I'll be interested to see. Um, let me let me do one more uh, HBO Max uh, story here. So the Nevers on HBO Max. You said you haven't seen that one. 
that was no, the, that I never even heard of it. We might have ran by it once or twice. But. So the Nevers was the new Joss Whedon show, um, okay. But which he left, you know, when all the Joss Whedon controversy came, right before all of the Joss Whedon controversy broke, he stepped away from the Nevers, and so there will be a new showrunner for season one, part two, and beyond. So he won't be in charge of it. Although he wrote and directed a good portion of the first six episodes. You know, production got stopped for because of COVID, so. They're back in production on season one, part two. So there was six episodes of the first half. So I guess there's going to be probably 12 episodes of of season one. The premise is it's Victorian England and some kind of alien spores infect random people, mostly women, and give them some kind of superpower, you know, and it's and the power is different for every person. You never know. And they call them the touched. And it's so now it's. So it's kind of like a mutant superhero story, you know, right? Where people that are not affected are discriminated against the people that have the powers. And, you know, but it's also, you know, there's some weird turns. And I don't want to give away uh, the, the, the plot to it. But did you ever watch um, Dollhouse? Do you remember the Dollhouse no, show? I can't say I've seen that. So, so Dollhouse was, the premise was they could... Erase all of your memories and implant new memories in you and make you a completely different person. They could create a fabricated persona and you would not know that you were performing a part. You were a doll, right? They could just put a new personality in you. And yeah. all of a sudden at the end of season one, there's a flash forward to that technology has run rampant and basically the whole world is over and people are either... Uh, in control of this technology or are fighting against this technology and it's like it caused an apocalypse but it was randomly it randomly jumped way forward and then and then it's not even acknowledged it comes back to just normal episodes with the next premiere and so i feel like the sixth episode of season one of the nevers did just that it kind of takes a really weird turn that's completely out of the show which which reformats the whole show now so i'll be interested to see how uh the second half of season one goes and of course, again, I mean, it's it's all impacted by the controversy surrounding Joss Whedon as well. Like, does that is that making the show, is that pulling yeah. the show down, you know, or is it just that 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 Joss's, you know, Joss's pro-feminist shows don't necessarily, they feel a little disingenuous knowing that he's got his own issues, right? So yeah. I don't know. I think that was kind of what I, I wanted to get that talk about the Nevers a little bit and, and the HBO Max, but I think we should probably go to break. <sighs> Did you, was there anything else you want to Loki or, or do we want to wait till Kev? I think we should wait for Kev for, for Loki. You, you know, if they let him out of the manager's meeting or whatever, uh, whatever important meeting he is, uh, he is man. Um, yeah, I think we should wait till next week. And then, then, then we're, we're way past the embargo so we can, we can talk freely. So next week there will be Loki spoilers. And if you can time travel, Widow. if you can time travel, you could just jump forward to listen to it. And with that, Mr. Sandwich, we will take our first and only break on this episode 643 of Geeks of TNG, The West Coast Scotwitch? Yes. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff TNG directly by using our GVM line. 201-730-2547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right. Here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices. Like this. <clears throat> hey there. 
we want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm, comments. Oh! <clears throat> That's right. We want you to tell us what's hmm, on your mind. What we are doing that you <laughs> like. <coughs> So call us on the GVM line, 201-730-2547, and you may hear yourself uh, on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Pottern Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners, it's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called The Piecast because we got married on Pi Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pi Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pi Day Scott. Check us out. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step -step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Hey, this is Big Kev, and you're listening to the West Coast. What the fuck is this I'm reading? The West Coast Scotwitch? What the fuck is that? The court has issued a suspension notice along with a warrant against your name. Ignoring this message will be an intentional second attempt to avoid initial appearance before a magistrate, judge or grand jury, for a federal criminal offense. This is the final attempt to reach you. For more information, press 1 and hold for the next available officer. Live from the sandwich shop in Pi Day Studios in lovely, sunny California, it's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, here's from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foils open to attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up, all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do -do 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 premium offer. You get one 18 scale hanger accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates. 
tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or at shows or conventions. And I don't need to tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of the system is that paying a little each month, as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Good job. How did uh, Baby Yoda help with that? Was Baby Yoda uh, into it? Listen, the, people laugh, but ever since I've realized that Baby Yoda keeps me like calm while I do this read, it's gotten a lot quicker. Like in in the way I I can handle it. Well, that's good. It's more. It, it's listen. Everyone has their like you know emotional support animal. I have an emotional support Baby Yoda. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, so, do you think that ignoring the voicemail was the reason that uh, they came to get Kev today? Maybe that's what it was all about. He did not press one uh, to talk to a magistrate, judge, or grand jury. Maybe you know it is possible. I mean, you know, Kev is from the older generation. You know, us us young guys aren't aware of these, but you know, back in his day, he had things like dial up and things <laughs> like you know, other archaic things. Like, you know, the Commodore and, like, Nintendo 64, you know, these ancient primitive uh, pieces of machinery that, you know, me and Scott of the younger generation, you know, we never had to deal with this, you know? Uh, well, I'll tell you, I had a Commodore 64 and literally had a tape deck. You put yeah. a cassette tape in and hit play, and it would it would pull data off of that to run programs. That's, like, the strangest sounding thing. I can't, I can't even... I mean, it's just so weird that that was a way to get data into a computer was to use a tape deck and then it yeah. went to then it was the floppy disk like the five and a quarter floppies and then it was the little three and a quarter floppies and now it's like a thumb drive can hold like 100 gigs on this little on this little thing i have seen like a terabyte like the, i have like like this deck of playing cards i have in my hand just for fun like terabytes can be held in something this size the size of a deck of playing cards terabytes yeah this is a this is a 500 gig hard drive or no i'm sorry this, yeah. is, this is a 5t i think this is five terabytes this is five terabytes yeah yeah seriously seriously <laughs> i spoke into existence yeah and, and you know they used to have whole rooms you know back in kev's day of one computer right you take an entire room to play pong yeah now well, i can download pac-man and pong on my phone in two seconds and going going back to those days it also generated a lot of heat you know, running those those giant computers. And so I, I remember hearing a story of the first time a place decided to close for like a three-day weekend or whatever. They turned off the servers for whatever for whatever reason. The They turned it off so it wasn't generating the heat, but they didn't turn off the air conditioning, the cooling unit. So they literally like froze the room because it was trying to cool a room that was designed to be full, filled with these hot computers so that, oh, that's yeah. a that's another old story of what used to happen back in the day it's, when it took funny. a whole room for a terabyte as someone who's going to school for you know heating and air conditioning right now that actually makes a lot of sense <laughs> yeah don't don't if you turn off the computers don't forget to turn off the ac also i yeah. also remember uh there was always the constant battle in the office when i used to work in an office of uh 
what temperature should the AC be at. So eventually management has to buy that little plastic thing that goes over the thermostat so people can't mess with it. Um, But literally one day on a Friday, somebody cranked it down as low as it would go. And everybody's out of the office all weekend. So Monday when we get in there, it was like Ice Station Zebra in the conference room so that the dry erase marker on the board, you couldn't erase it because it was frozen to the board. Like it was so cold because dry erase markers are basically (laughs) wax based. So the wax in the ink was so cold, you couldn't erase it off the board until it warmed up in there. All right. Why don't we jump into... Office stuff, TNG. Yeah, office stuff. Let's... uh, So if... You want to call and let us know that we're in violation of any kind of uh, government rules and that a magistrate, judge, or grand jury may be looking for us. You or the Geneva call, Convention. Or the Geneva Convention. You can call us at the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Or you can uh, send us an email. At geeksoftng at gmail.com. Right, we would love to hear from you, and you may hear yourself on a future episode of GeekStuffTNG. Or you may see us in court. That's, or we'll see you in court. That's right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about product now. I don't want to blow up Kev's spot for next week. Uh, I'll just say with regards to a couple of things coming from Hasbro, he called it and he did call it in advance and we'll let yeah. him brag about that next week. We won't even talk about it here, but I wanted to talk about a little, a couple of Batman pieces that I saw. There's going to okay. be a target exclusive McFarlane 66 Batmobile. Oh my! I need to talk. so so speak of this while I, while I Google this real quick. Yeah, it's only they said it, they were expecting it to only cost about twenty five bucks. Like the only drawback was that it was a Target exclusive, right? But it looks really yeah. you know again it's the sixty six Batmobile that classic uh, you know atomic batteries to power turbines to speed uh, Adam West Batman Batmobile. Uh, so I mean I really like that one. I have a couple versions of that on my Batman shelves out in in the loft there. Um, but so that should be coming out soon, and so that's by McFarland Toys. Um, Speaking of exclusives, there's also a Walmart exclusive of uh, the Batman Who Laughs. Now, I didn't read that comic. Did Ooh. you read that comic? Um, so that was in like death metal, or uh, uh, death metal, or like DC metal, or whatever the hell it was, which was like a cool concept for me in the beginning. Um, but it, I kind of fell off on it. Not that I didn't like it. I just, you know, it. How do I say this? It was, an, it was a new thing, but I just couldn't get into it as much as I wanted to. It was fine. I have no problem with it. I'm not saying it's bad. I just couldn't get into it. But I'm very aware of the Batman who laughs because uh, Kevin loves everything Joker. So right. I'm pretty sure he already has 15 of these ordered. Yeah, so he might be all over this. So it, it basically is uh, – well, so the Batman who laughs was basically the Joker in a Batman costume? Is that is that it? It was. A, so from the DC Metal thing, there were a bunch of basically evil Batman – who had killed an, uh, a Justice League member, taken over their spot from different universes, and they all had converged onto like the main DC universe. That's a really rough interpretation of what happened. And then one of them was a Batman who had gotten the Joker venom in him, and it turned him into a Joker. So he was Bruce Wayne Batman, but he got Jokerized. So he was, you know, really messed up. All right. So yeah. So the 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 piece, the figure here is it's 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 kind of the Batman who laughs, right? So he has like those spikes coming out of the of the cowl and everything. Yes. And then he's got like three Robins. Looks like they're kind of on leashes. They've got like fangy kind of teeth and there's like the ha 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 around it. So it's a it's a Q fig, right? So from QMX. And that's going to be a Walmart exclusive. Ooh. Yeah. Were you able to check out the McFarlane Batmobile? Yeah, that's really really nice. I mean, it's nice, right? And it's just it's it's perfect to display, uh nice nice size and everything. Uh I definitely think that's that will probably be on uh, the Pi Day Scott Christmas list. I, I uh, that's that's going to be 
you know, if, if anybody's out there is listening who's thinking about getting me Christmas presents, that's going to be on on the list there. Anyone, anyone, could be anyone. Yeah, no one in particular. Yeah, anyone who's listening who. Uh, and then the last uh, kind of just just a couple of product in Batman. It is a uh, Hush, and it's M A F E X Catwoman. And the pre-orders are closed on it, so if you didn't get in on this one, it, it's too late. It was a hundred-dollar Catwoman figure, but it, okay. it's uh, it looks really nice. Just lots of lots of articulation. She's got her whip, and uh, it's the I don't know what what genre of Catwoman this was, but it's, it's she's got like the small cat ears and more like the big goggle uh, cat eyes, and uh, it's you can buy it. It was coming from the Big Bad Toy Store. You could also find it on Amazon, but it was like a hundred-dollar pre-order but i imagine that one's going to go into the secondary market uh since it was a limited number there uh, you know this this one reminds me of like it reminds me of like the arkham game the arkham city mm-hmm. games a little bit yeah maybe it's just me i might be off base no i mean again so what? if you're if you're a catwoman collector that that looked like a really nice piece i thought oh yeah it looks like a great piece i enjoy it i mean I'm not you know i'm not gonna go scour the web for it but it looks like a really good piece. I'd love to see it displayed somewhere real nice. I imagine, you know, I don't know, as I'm not a Catwoman fan, now that I'm against her, uh, I don't know how well she is uh, represented in the figures and statues world. Um, but this looks like a great piece for those people who are into Catwoman. Uh, I don't know how this is on secondary market. If it, I don't think it's even there yet because we just said pre-orders are just got wrapped up. Yeah, pre-orders so are closed. Maybe this might be... This might be something if you're a Catwoman fan you look into. It looks like a fantastic piece. So, Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to leave off the rest of the product because we'll probably end up talking about some of the Comic-Con product next week. Comic-Con at home is, is this weekend, right? So by the time this uh, episode drops on Friday, that will be the first couple. I think Comic-Con at home is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, okay. It might only be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because as we've been saying, the virtual cons are just not all that popular. In, yeah. in fact, that's the news story about uh, conventions here. Marvel and DC both are skipping Comic-Con at home. Oh, no. I, I mean, you know, and I, I, a couple of things, right? Like Marvel specifically, well, they have their shareholder meetings for Disney to announce all of their Marvel stuff, right? Yeah. A- and and they have D23 every other year if they want to announce their Marvel stuff. So, like, the, the question is, do they... Do they need Comic Con anymore? And I think that they, I think that when things get back to normal, they'll be there. Yeah. But it also I think it, it's it's I don't think it's so much a commentary on San Diego, and they're skipping San Diego at home. I think it's that a virtual con just isn't worth their time to put yeah. together a big show for it. I mean, in theory, you know, it's not like it's Comic Con, like actual San Diego Comic Con, where you're getting a hundred thousand plus people throughout that, you know that uh venue over the course of a weekend this is a virtual con where you know yeah in theory there's attendance but you know what i mean everyone's gonna watch the recap shows at some point so no one's gonna attend the virtual con really right unless it's people who are waiting for something in particular or you know waiting for eventually when the con gets smart and releases the vr experience of waiting in line uh (laughs) line con line con yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it. It's like when you when you when it goes virtual, then there's nothing special about San Diego versus anywhere else, right? When it's in person, first of all, even though they oversell it, even though it is over capacity and it's far, far, far too crowded, you're still in San Diego, right? It's such a beautiful city. It's right on the water. Oh, it's, I, I, love San I mean, Diego. you know, everything about the location. I mean, again, you know, because if you if you move it as they have said, 
many times, oh, what if we moved it to, to the Phoenix Convention Center or the Las Vegas Convention Center, you know, which are bigger, they could, they could handle more people. Yeah, but, I mean, how fun is it to stand in Las Vegas or Arizona in July? It's already, even in San Diego, literally right on the water, it's already brutally hot sometimes during most of the time oh, yeah. during Comic-Con. So, I, I mean, there is just something to be said about the physical location of San Diego. And so when you take that out and you make it virtual, there's nothing special about San Diego compared to every other virtual con out there, right? Oh, yeah, no, no. I mean, San Diego is just, I mean, you said it, and I'll say it too, it's a beautiful city. So, you know, there's there's mystique, I feel like. Like, it's different. Like, there's New York Comic Con where, you know, it's New York, it's big lights, so it's like, oh, big con. But, like, San Diego is definitely, like, I think a lesser appreciated West Coast city as, you know, because you got L.A. And everyone's like, oh, L.A. lights. But I love the fact that it's in San Diego because San Diego is such, like, a really nice city. There's generally. And I've had so many good experiences in San Diego. And, you know, it just makes sense, I think, to leave it still in San Diego for as, as long as we can leave it there. And Vegas is just like <sighs> Comic Con. Sometimes, you know, it's not meant for kids, but you you could bring kids to you know Comic Cons. I don't want to bring a kid to Las Vegas, right? Yeah, I mean, and again, I mean, it's it's all about the. I think the heat is also a big deal. You know, you don't want to be uh, in your cosplay. It, you know, again, it, it already gets too hot in San Diego for some cosplays. So. Um, so let's just let's run down the convention calendar. I know. So just this last Friday was uh, the Big Apple Con. So I don't think we have any big reports or anything out of that, other than it happened uh, just last Friday. But coming up, in addition to San Diego Comic Con at home, there are some in-person cons. You can get back and, and get on the floor. Um, I would encourage you to wear a mask and stay safe. But uh, yes. what's coming up? We've got uh, the Eternals Con, and I'm not sure where that one is. Eternal Con. Let me let me remind myself where that one is. But that is August seventh and eighth, so that's coming up pretty quickly. And then uh, you've got that's on Long Island. Eternal Con on Long Island. Mm. So that's a, a pop con on. I, I see Long at Island. least the the original Pink Ranger might be showing up. That's right. Uh, and then uh, Dragon Con in Atlanta is September second through sixth. And then Long Beach Comic Con is September fourth and fifth. So out here in Long Beach. Um, that's right by where the uh, the Queen Mary is. I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, there's a little convention center in in the t- in the city of Long Beach, and they do a comic convention one part of the year, so in in the the fall time frame, and in the other half of the year they do a comic and horror convention. So they're okay. they're not huge, but they're good little conventions. It's it's great. I mean, you know, it's if you want to go see some so, you know some comic vendors, you want to see some uh, some product. You know, see some cosplay. You can get all of that at a Long Beach Comic Con at a very affordable price, and it's not overly crowded. And then again, if you're if you're a horror genre, uh, the, the the horror version of it, the comic and horror version, is in the uh, in the spring time. So they kind of every six months they have a convention out there. Um, again, nice nice little con. So those are a couple of cons coming up. So what I would encourage you, Geek Stuff listeners, is if you're able to attend one of those cons, uh, you know, give us a report on it. Give us a call at the GVM line. Two zero one seven three zero two five four seven, and let us know how the con went. If you have a local con that we didn't mention and you want to let us know about it, you know, give us a get, drop us a line, send us an email at geekstufftng uh, at gmail dot com, and and let us know. Again, I'm going to the board game convention in Escondido at the, I think it's next there week. You go. Uh, so I'm going to get to play some board games with you know with folks out there and check that out. So the the only local thing I'm really excited for at some point. I think you might have heard on the show. We've talked about on the show like a lot of times. Uh, Geek Flea 
mm-hmm. which is a little you know, a nice little like flea market they do down in Carney in a church. It's it's got that real like like homey. Not say homey, but you know what I mean. It's like it feels like oh, this is great. You know, you're in a church in a basement. You know, there's a bunch of people set up little booths and stuff. It's fantastic. I love it, and I'm pretty sure they didn't do it during any point in 2020. So I'd love to see that come back. Uh, I haven't seen or heard any word. I don't think I've heard anyone said anything so far, but that's what I'm looking forward yeah, to. And I, I bet that since it hasn't been going on, then the the buying opportunities will be even a little bit better, right? People have just not been able to sell. Okay. So so the stuff that you can go and, and the opportunities to buy stuff will probably be pretty good. Uh, there's there's, oh, so there's a few of those around here that, that are, I, I don't know if it's monthly or quarterly, but like relatively often little outdoor vendors that are, like antique and toy kind of yeah. sales so, you know but but it includes a lot of you know vintage toys and comics and stuff and, and i i've seen uh, there's a, a couple of uh podcasts that i listen to that talk about that kind of stuff around here and i keep wanting to get out to a couple of them but they're all you know hour and a half or so away and you know packing all the yeah. kids up and getting out to it has been a little bit of a challenge but again yeah those are coming back and uh you know getting out there and looking at the product i mean i miss I don't miss all the product on the floor at a at a convention, you know. I don't miss the the mass produced toys and T-shirts so much, but I do miss the you know the more, uh, you know the vintage toys or yes. the or the stuff that has been you know by creators made by creators, you know whether that's yes. whether that's original art, you know Artist Alley, uh, you know those are also the things that that you don't get at Comic Con at home, right? No. you know Artist Alley is an important part of of the the convention experience and not getting to see the art not getting to interact with the artist that is definitely something that that i miss out on and you know what the artists miss out on it too because for them that's a lot a lot of their opportunity to oh, yeah. get their art in front of people is at these conventions and and so you know i'll be glad when things are back to normal and we can i can see the art and they can sell their art well i think i hear the wrap-up music starting oh yes I'm vibing to it right now. Vibing vibe to the wrap-up music. And so I think we should, uh, let's just plug the social medias and, and get out here. You know, kind of hit it and quit it. Do a short and short and sweet episode here. And hopefully uh, Mr. Kev will be back next week uh, along with uh, myself and the sandwich. But until then, uh, be sure to check us out on all the social medias, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagram, geekstufftng.com. Uh, call the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Or, you know, check us out over on Patreon, forward slash GeekStuffTNG, where you can participate in the show with uh, the Discord for a dollar a month, the uh, early bird special early bird special for $3 a Three month. Three bucks. Five bucks a month, you get the bonus show, that sandwich shop. What was the topic on the sandwich shop this week? Uh, it was me comparing uh, In the Heights, the theatrical release, to In the Heights, the one Broadway thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so yeah, so check out the bonus show there for five bucks a month. And for ten bucks a month, you can see the sometimes shit show that's going on on the Instagrams like today. You get to see all of the show before the show, all the fun uh, stuff that we have going on trying to uh, put this show together with a couple of tin cans and some string. <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, until where, next time. Where can we find you? Where can we find oh, you, Mr. Scott? You know, I almost forgot. So you can find me on uh, all the social medias on I am at Piday Scott on Twitter and at Piday Scott One over on Instagram because for some reason Piday Scott doesn't belong to anybody, but it won't let me have that. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and so you can also catch me on uh, the podcast with my beautiful wife uh, every week as well. I believe Kev is at uh, BK Geek Stuff on all the social medias and 
Big Kev GS on Xbox One Nation. But he's whenever not even he decides right to now. plug his stuff back in. Yeah. And I can be found at Fat Dumbledore on uh, the Instagrams and the Xbox One. F A T D O M B L E D O R E. And then be sure, and as you download the episode on your favorite podcatcher, go and uh, like it, subscribe it, share it with a friend, and leave a positive review. It, it really does matter, and we sincerely appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. So with that, we will end this show as we end some shows by saying... Good night, Bismarcky. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. And now, the energy blues. Oh, energy. Sometimes I think I'm running out of energy. Seems like we use an awful lot for heating and lighting and driving, reading and writing and driving. Energy. You think we'd be saving it up? Energy. You could get it by damming up a river. Energy, a woman could make a breeze deliver. But even with melanin damning, I need it so much more demanding. Energy, we have to use some kind of fuel. Chop, chop, chop. They came and used wood to start their fires. Chop, chop, chop. They made all the tools that they required. Chop, chop. Chop, inventors got more and more inspired, and fires got higher and higher, and clearance got wider and wider. Energy, they were burning about all that wood up. Then one day, men discovered that coal would do it better. Mine is dug, and it looked like it just might last forever. It seemed like the final solution. It started industrial revolution. Energy. We just keep on digging it up. In 1859, way out in western Pennsylvania, a man had built a rig that got some laughs from folks who came around there. But then suddenly, a mighty roar came up from the ground. And soon, a gusher gusher soaked all who stood around. Now no one knew who that gusher blew. The patrolling years was on us. And that so many in trucks and cars would come to cause a crisis. And then, energy. We're looking to find some new kind of energy. Exploring to try and make a new find Of nuclear, thermal, and solar If we'll miss, we get cola and cola Energy We gotta stop using you up So don't be cross When mama says turn the extra light out Just turn it off Till we'll find a fuel that never runs out If everyone tries a bit harder Fuel don't go farther and farther. Energy, we're gonna be stretching you. Out. All right, hey, all right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. <laughs>